Welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast with Matthew Robinson and his gaming group. I am Matthew Robinson. Joining me today, Paul Satachit, the metagamer. That's your noise. That's your well, signature noise. I went noise. to a Rams game last night. so You that, heard that a lot. I heard, well, I did that a lot. You do that a lot. <laughs> anyway, this is round three, turn five. And uh, the theme of this uh, round is debates. And our debate this week is going to be kingmaking. Kingmaking. Is it always bad? Is it sometimes good? Is it poor sportsmanship? Or is it just a natural part of every meta? I don't know. Maybe we should discuss that. We should discuss that later <laughs> on in this podcast. And that is what we're going to do. We are also going to be reviewing three games. Three. Three. You heard me correctly. Three games. We're doing sort of a filler episode. We're going to review three great fillers that came out this year. Uh, one is QE, which is a five-player auction game. These are all games that play in under 30 minutes. And the next two are wonderful two-player games that are very fast and each play in under 30 minutes. One is Watergate from Capstone Games. And one is Air, Land, and Sea, a very exciting little tiny card game that has a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of chew in there. Yeah, a lot of, World War II, right? Yeah, World War II, fun little game. The theme is totally pasted on. But we will get into that in our reviews, three reviews this week. Very exciting. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I was worried that I would, was screaming a little too much at the game yesterday and that mm. my podcast would be... That your voice would be suffer, jacked. But it turns out it's always jacked. Yeah, it always <laughs> sounds just this bad. Uh, let's talk about this week's game night. <clears throat> Excuse me. At uh, Matt's game night, the, the real game night, as Paul called it. <laughs> <the other day. laughs> uh, we played Love Letter. We played a lot of games. I, I felt like playing a lot of shorter games. Uh, then usually we play one four-hour game, and that's <laughs> it with a two-hour teach. Uh, this we played. We started with the new version of Love Letter. It plays up to six players. There's a few new roles thrown in. Uh, I, If you owned Love Letter and you love it, I would toss it to somebody who doesn't own it and go buy this new one for $14. I think uh, the new uh, cards add a lot of fun to it. Um, one, They allow you to sort of get points in other ways. So usually one person gets one point every round, and the game takes a long time. It actually speeds the game up a lot. I always found Love Letter sort of lasted for a long time. Sure, sure. Like usually just stopped playing as opposed to like somebody won. I feel yeah, like yeah. usually we, we're like, we time. played nine rounds. That was good. Yeah. Like who's winning? All right, you're winning. But usually, like, usually you have to get like eight letters or something. Nine. Like, it was a, but so this actually like you can get more points during the round yeah. through spy cards, yeah. um, which I think is really fun and sort of speeds the game up and makes it a little like you don't ha like there isn't just one winner every round. Um, there's other ways to win, which is really cool. We then played Kiwi, which we're going to be reviewing today. And then we played Ragusa, which is a very bizarre um, Catan with no luck or dice is the, sort of the closest I can. It, it's sure. a place in an hour. All you do on your turn is put a house on the board and there are rules to where you can place them. It's almost an abstract game in a strange way. It's really interesting because like, you know, you keep on saying that and Elder was saying how it doesn't play, you know, like anything else. And I feel yeah. like this is very... I don't want to say conventional, but I feel really? like it, it feels like, like, oh, this is like natural. Like, you know, here is hmm. you're placing this and then you have uh, what's that when you chain actions with other people. Yeah. So it, it's just. Well, there's like the board is made up a bunch of hexes. And when you put a house down, it triggers every hex around you. And each hex has a different action, or mm -hmm. at least the city yeah. hexes do. And so if you put a house down, you pick the order of the three actions. But then everybody else who has a house there gets to do it in clockwise order around the hex. I mean, um, we were playing five player and you basically have nine turns and your nine turns yeah. are basically putting nine houses down and that's it. That's it. That's all you do. Except you get extra actions because when exactly. people go to your hexes you've already gone to, you get to do it again. Um, I liked it. I think yeah. it's fun. I feel my, I feel it could be a little samey. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'm not the only person online talking about the first player issue. Um, I think to go first is just better because then you're always you're setting up for the chaining like yeah uh and there's no way to really compensate for that people online were saying that they are house ruling it that every time you get to the end of a round the first the first player marker passes to the left and skips the first player so if you were first you are then last um okay it's interesting it's a house rule i don't know it feels i don't know if you'd have the same amount of turns i don't know somebody's got to do the math on that but uh yeah i don't know it feel it feels like it's just there's no downside to going mm-hmm. first and there's no compensation for going last um we played qe again again after that we played it two times and then we played century a new world which is the third in the century trilogy uh one of them is basically splendor but a little better uh the second one is sort of a very simple pick em deliver uh, Eastern Wonders, I believe it's called. The first one's called Spice Road. And the third one is called A New World, which is Worker Placement. So I, I actually think this trilogy is really interesting because I feel like it's Euro 101. That's it's, a great way of putting it. I, yeah. I think that's actually how it's I like, would be too. If somebody had never played Euros before, if you played all three of these, you would have played and understood three of the main sort of mechanisms of Euros. The first one being uh, engine building, mm-hmm. just pure engine building. The second one is pick up and deliver, it's a little route building. And the third one is worker placement. Yeah, no, the, your comparison to Splendor is like spot on. Like all three. Well, the, the first one is definitely like a Splendor yeah. clone. I, yeah. But even these, like, you know, I feel like uh, they all have a Splendor S thing. Mm-hmm. So if you like Splendor uh, or it's, it's accessible. Yeah. That's basically. What how, I, you, I think you've played all three at this point. How, how do you feel about New World compared to the others? I think they're within the same tone. And I feel like that's a really cool thing to do. Like, yeah. you know, where the, here are three different mechanics, but they all feel like within the same world. Yeah. I, I really like that aspect of it. And it's it, as, as 101, you said, it, it, it's qu- quite accessible. That's it's worker placement without any blocking, which is typically mm-hmm. what people do in sort of a beginner's worker placement. So if somebody, so it's not all spaces take one worker. You have a handful of these little tiny workers that are way too tiny, I think, but <laughs> it, they're sort of cute. Um, and you put like a spot, will say three workers have to go here. So you put three workers there, you take, you take whatever goods you get from it. And then if somebody else wants to go there, they just have to put one more than you had there. So if you had three there, they have to put four. And then if somebody else wants to go there, they have to put five. But when they put, go there, they send your workers back to you, which is a wonderful bonus for you because then you get your workers back. Um, or you can, at the end of your turn, just pull all your workers back yep. and lose your whole action. Um, so there's no, it's not a punishing uh, exactly. work placement. You don't have to feed your workers or anything like Ricola-like. Uh, <laughs> Any economic. That's, that's, I think that's the missing thing, the mm-hmm. economic aspect. Yeah, of there is no economy in this game. Um, but it's interesting and fun and plays fast. And I definitely think if you want to dip your toe into the Euro waters, I don't think you could do much better than investing in the Century mm-hmm. Trilogy at this point. Um, and they all play together, which is a cool thing. Like you can combine all three into one super game. You can combine three and one. You can play like two a Voltron. And three. Like a Voltron. They all form together. Um, yeah, I've heard three and one are a great combination. I'd like mm. to try that. I've heard all three together is okay. I think, I don't know, Tom Vassell had a cool review where he sort of went through all of them, but he also is not, I don't think, a huge Euro guy. But uh, but anyway, those are interesting. Oh. At uh, the other table that night at my game night, played Black Angel. And I think we've all sort of come to the conclusion that we don't need to play Black <laughs> Angel anymore. Which is so funny for, you know, the game that you were most excited about this this year. Like, you know. This year? The game I was most excited about this decade, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, the a huge, heavy sci-fi game by the maker of Twa, my favorite game of yeah. all time. Uh, and look, I... It, yeah. It, it's the Matrix 2. Of, oh, uh, of, uh, don't <laughs> say that. Now... Here's, I mean, I, we talked about it in our Black Angel review two weeks ago, but I Black Angel makes me want to play Twa. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I'm a believer that like an expansion could fix this. I know that's why. So like, part of me is like sell it while I can, mm-hmm. um, 
and while I can get a decent price for it, but the other part of me is like, what if he comes out with an expansion for it and it gets amazing? Yeah, no, the, the, <sighs> it's too tough. So I feel like I'll probably it, hold on to it for sentimental value yeah. because like Trey went to so much work to get it for me sure. at Gen Con, and like I still, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. I don't know. There's, it, there's a lot to love about it. The way I say it, it's almost there. It's not. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like there, it, it, there is an amazing game very close to it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Um, anyway, if you want more information about Black Angel, you could listen to our review from two weeks ago. At Tom's Game Night this week, uh, we played Avalon. Which uh, you won, I believe. Which I, Ben Hoyt and I, are a friend of the show uh, who doesn't come to every game night, uh, he showed up and he and I single-handedly, I think. I think the, the way I said it, I single-handedly lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You played all right. So I was Percival and Ben was Merlin. Uh, I signaled to Ben very early on that I was Percival. Ben thought I was being way too obvious with it, but I also was worried that he didn't understand sure, sure, sure. what was happening because mm-hmm. he's new to the mm-hmm. game. And so I'm like, I, he needs to very much understand. And I, I was like, I winked. Was it too subtle? Did he pick up on it? He didn't nod back. He didn't like, so sure. I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta do it until he finally goes like, I got it. No. Um, and then he quickly told me who two of the spies were. And then I just did. Full Percival. I played hard, hard, hard Percival. Yeah, yep, no. And I was just like, guys, here, because we were not doing well at a certain point, and I just announced who the spies were. I was like, guys, those are the two spies. Here's who I think is Mordred. If you are good, please listen to me. No, what was really interesting was, uh, like, like, not in that game we, I played, like, you know, I said, hey, I fell for this once where I go, oh, I, I'm new with this. I don't know how yeah. to play. I fell for that once, like, you know, years ago. I go, I'm yeah. never going to do it again. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the only person who had, you know, I think Trey had the idea of who. Trey, Trey, it, Trey had it right. Yeah, Trey it, thought, Ben, at the end of the game, the spies get to, to, to pick who Merlin is. And if they guess correctly, they win, automatically win the game. And, and Trey was like, it's Ben. And you were like, no, nah, it's no, not Ben. It, it's a, and I you and tr- Tom. Tom was like, it's definitely not Ben. Like, I picked a true blue person. And what, what I love about Avalon is just so humbling. Because yeah. like, I, I was, you know, I've been playing Avalon pretty well for the last, like, you know, last couple of games. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm on this, like, Avalon high. And yeah. I go, like, I can do no wrong. Yeah. And, no, it's me. I chose, I go, <laughs> Tom, Trey, no, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happened when you're the assassin. It's a lot of responsibility. You know? yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun game. Um, I don't know why we played it. It's not. We finished it on our 8x8 challenge. Did we? Yeah, I don't oh. know why we're still playing that game. But okay, sure. Hey, it's not my game night. Uh, it's not the game night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a very fun game. Then uh, we split into two tables. One table played the Teotihuacan expansion. Um, I think it's called the new pre-classic era. Uh, and it was really fun. I think we'll do a review on it eventually. I think my mini review right now would be, it is not one of those expansions that makes the game feel drastically different at all. It maybe balances it. It felt more like a patch than an expansion. Look, I, I really enjoyed it. I've only played the game twice, one basic, one uh, expansion. And I felt like, I mean, I, I was behind because I just didn't remember a lot of things, but I go, I can't wait to play this again so I can just put things together. Yeah. Good. No, me too. I definitely ended with like, oh, I really want to keep playing this game. The, 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 the asymmetrical powers are not massive. It's not Gaia Project where it's like, oh man, this is my whole strategy is this power. It's like, here's a little bonus, it felt like. What I like about the, the asymmetry is that there is a advantage and then there is a, there is a disadvantage. For yeah, most except of the mine. I did not have that. Mine uh, was only good. No, no you're from the back. It's like you have oh yeah, I always have to pay one Coco no matter where I go. But that is fine. It, I mean, having to pay three Coco to go somewhere is devastating. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear you. But like, I was, I was going like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, there's, a, there's like a kryptonite aspect to some of these. Yeah. 
Totally. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I feel like, um, so my, my biggest issue with the game originally was there is one, you have to do the pyramids. You have to help mm-hmm. build the pyramid, right? And I was like, it'd be nice if I didn't have to. And the expansion, they went, no, 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 you really have to. <laughs> you really have to. And they, I think, you know, I think that, that, that was the designer sort of saying to people like me, I think like, no, no, the game is building the pyramid. Remember, you see that giant pyramid that's in the right. middle of the table? Yeah, that's the game, buddy. That's what you bought. That's right. It's a pyramid building game. And they definitely made the pyramid even more necessary to build. There's more incentive yeah. to build the pyramid. Now, you, now when you build the pyramid, they give you cocoa. They let you unlock dice. They're just going like, please, <laughs> you moron, build the pyramid. Stop trying to do anything but build the pyramid. No, this is, this is true. And it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Now, they, they also, what I think was nice was, yes, you have to build the pyramid. But... The other things you do can be massive and mm-hmm. be big augmentations of your score. Like I went masks. Mm-hmm. Nobody else went masks, which I think is a, a problem. I think if somebody goes masks, somebody else has to. Mm-hmm. Did you win? In. No, I came in second uh, by a couple of points. It was very close though. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my masks play, were big. Mm-hmm. Um, Path of the Dead was big. I yeah. definitely like that was big huge. on Path of the Dead. That was a huge amount of my points. And that, but also like there are seasons now, which is sort of events that happen every round. They're always good. They're not like necessarily. No, no. no. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. But they affect everybody. Yes. Um, I think a house rule that I might like is there's only three in the whole game. I think it'd be nice to see all three and know when they're coming and plan for oh, it. I don't sure. really see why that would be bad. Well, you know, like it's like you're, if you're in the, if you're in that civilization, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. But, but I think, I, I think it has the potential of disrupting somebody you know, in a, in a bad way, whether it, or in a positive way, it could help somebody a lot who doesn't care about something or hurt somebody who does. And I think that's not, doesn't really fit in with the game. There's a randomness to it that yeah, I think doesn't I actually fit in. like that, but I can see how there are people in our game group who would. Yeah. yeah. Trey didn't like that, but I, you know, but I also, I get it. Like mm-hmm. I don't really see the downside to being like, here's the three and when they're coming out and sure. you can, are we all have the same information at the beginning. That's what we call uh, input randomness. I believe um, we all see it and we see the <laughs> randomness going in. Uh, it's not going to affect something after we've already done it. So I don't know. It'd be an interesting house rule. Um, otherwise, because uh, I don't know. I, this game like this doesn't necessarily need like chaos thrown in in round two. You know, like, ooh, all of a sudden, like going here is bad. And like, you're like, well, I needed to go there. Great. And nobody else cares. It's that balance, like, you know, you know, random versus like order. Yep. Um, but anyway, very exciting expansion. I th- if you love Teotihuacan, it's a must buy, I think. I yeah. think it definitely, unfortunately, I think it's one of those ones where it's like, it's kind of a necessary expansion to, to get the full experience of the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like they saw it and they were like, oh, here, like this is the patch. Yep. There's the full game, which is a little bummer when they do that. But if you're already in it, you know, then you're excited to get it. Um, the other table played Shogun, which is a Euro war game. I think that's a fair way to paint it. Uh, there's another version of it called Wallenstein, uh, which is a very similar game with a different theme. I think it might even be the exact same game. Um, with a different theme. Uh, it seemed that we, ha- we had some non-Euro lover players, mm-hmm. and I think they enjoyed Shogun a lot, which is yep. a, a, definitely you know, sort of a, a people-on-a-map kind of game, um, often called dudes on a map, but I think we can be a little more inclusive than that. Uh, <laughs> people-on-a-map games are a, a great uh, option for Ameritrash gamers mm-hmm. or Ameritreasure gamers. <laughs> uh, who you know love to roll dice and want to attack and fight and definitely have a victory over somebody without you know but without so much luck going in. So I think Shogun mm-hmm. is a good heavy Euro war game if you're interested in that. Let's get to the news, Paul. Are you ready for that? Yes, let's get it. Good evening, Mr. Mr. Nobles, South American. All the ships and clippers at sea. Let's go to press. Play. News. Speaking of heavy games that we all love, 
designer Alexander Fister, who is the designer of the game with maybe the best expansion ever, other than Tribune, which is the expansion for Great Western Trail. Uh, the designer of Great Western Trail, Alexander Fister, has a new game that was announced from Capstone Games, the company that can do no wrong in, in your Euro eyes. gamers' eyes. Yep. <laughs> uh, we'll be reviewing one of their games today. Um, Maracaibo, which Alexander Fister has said is heavy, heavy, heavy in the same realm as Great Western Trail or Mombasa um, or uh, uh, Blackout Hong Kong, which did not go over really great in our group, which is crazy because to me, the Alexander Fister is like David Fincher of, 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 mm. of, of board games. It's like if it's, it's an event when it comes out. I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore, but it's an event when it comes out. Everybody's really excited. It's a big deal. You, you think maybe Christopher Nolan. I'll say Christopher Nolan. I'll say Christopher Nolan. dark. Yeah. Like it's heavy. It's not for everyone. It's intense. It's cool. But like you're excited. Like whatever he does, you're like, I got to go check that out. That's how I feel about Alexander Fister. And I feel like Blackout Hong Kong. I think this is, this is something that is completely like, you know, uh, screwed up by the palette choice. Like it's just too black. The board is black. And I think people. Blackout just, Hong Kong. You're yeah. Talking about. Yeah. No, the artwork was uh, lackluster. It, it was a choice, you know, and I can see why. I think it was, it was a, not a choice. I think it was a budgetary restriction. Like, like, I mean, they, look, they came up with a new version that made it a little bit better. Okay. A little bit. It's like they turned up the brightness 20% gotcha. and then added a little bit of color. Mm -hmm. Um, it definitely looks nicer here. I, I don't know if I ever showed it to you, but, but oh, okay. Well, there goes the power. Uh, so yeah. they oh, sort that of is, like, that's nicer. Yeah, it, it's much nicer. It actually has a look now, which mm -hmm. I think like, oh yeah, this is what we were going for. And people go, I get it. I like it a lot more than, than anybody else in our group. I'd like to keep playing it. But anyway, Alexander Fister has a new game called Markaibo. It's coming out at Essen. It is available for pre-order right now on Capstone Games website. Um, it is, I believe, $60. I'll tell you the exact price right now as it loads. It is $60. Uh, you can get it for $60. It, it retails for $75. Um, I don't know if I need to pre-order this if it's coming out. I think I'll just order it when it gets closer to the date. I'm having a baby in October. This doesn't come out till November. I don't think I'll be able to play it when it comes out. So, like, do I want this box of joy sitting next what to me? What if it sells out? And then, like, you know, and then you're... So you're... I'm pre-ordering it right now. <laughs> uh, I'm terrified. If you order it now, you can get, I think, a fancy version with metal coins. I'm kind of out of the metal coin game. I have so many games with mm -hmm. metal coins at this point. Sure, it's sure. like, if I need metal coins, I'll just grab them from one of the other hundred games yeah. I spent $10 more for to get stupid metal yeah. coins. Now you can go recycle if you need any cash. Yeah, I just don't need <laughs> metal coins like yeah, when the apocalypse comes i'll be have like all this fake bartering money i can use it'll <laughs> <laughs> be great uh so anyway if you like alexander fister uh which is basically if you like euros you do uh he has a new game you should check out speaking of non-euros uh richard garfield the creator of magic the gathering has a uh has a party game on like, kickstarter right now. with uh with that jeopardy champion uh what's the name that's right yeah 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 uh ken jennings yeah jennings. so richard garfield and ken jennings the jeopardy master have made a uh a trivia party game together mm -hmm. called half truth it is on kickstarter right now it goes for thirty dollars it ships in december 2019 which means probably february mm -hmm. um but uh, it's a party game it's not like minis or anything um look when richard garfield makes a party game you go check it out. I don't know if it's necessarily for me, but I think it looks cool. Yeah, what no, what it, do you think? I, I thought it was, uh, it was interesting. Like, uh, basically, it's, uh, you're, you have six choices. Three of them are lies. You know, three of them are correct. Like, right. you know, uh, which uh, I think the example they have in the uh, video was like, which uh, castles on Game of Thrones, uh, what you call it, uh, the uh, TV show was yeah. on the pr in, in the opening. Right. And, you know, and so you pick three and blah, blah, blah. And 
it feels like boulder dashy to me. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know if you ever played America, the trivia game. Yes. I, yeah. I, I thought America trivia game was great. I love that's my yeah. favorite trivia game. But yeah. But, you know, it, it was simple. It was accessible. It wasn't like, you know, what's the atomic weight of, uh, you know. Yeah. So it's like, here's a bunch of options. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it was good. Yeah. You know, it, right. we'll check it out. I mean, it's definitely like, you know, the man who made Magic the Gathering is making a trivia game. It's definitely worth a look. <laughs> um uh, City of Big Shoulders is a game that we like a lot, and I just thought this was interesting. So um, Gaming Rules, uh, a YouTube channel that uh, I enjoy a lot. Um, Paul Grogan is the man who does all of that. Uh, he talked a lot about having major issues with the rule book in City of Big Shoulders. Um, his review was tainted by that. I don't think he necessarily enjoyed the game very much to begin with, but he was really, the rules were really tainted. And then he announced on Twitter that actually the company had reached out to him, Parallel Games, and um, they might be asking him to help tweak the rule book. Now, look, there are some issues with the rule book, but I, I was really surprised by how many issues he, and then in the comment section, it seemed like a lot of people had issues with it. I didn't. I didn't find it complicated, actually. Um, maybe that's because I've played 18xx before. Maybe I sort of went in understanding. I also watched, you know, a, a heavy cardboard playthrough. So, you know, I definitely had a little more help, I guess. But I don't know. I was just, it's, it's interesting how some people's brains really struggle with some rule books. I've definitely struggled with rule books before that everybody, that I feel like everybody else never even mentioned that it was an issue. So I don't know. Anyway, big city, big shoulders. I think they'll be having a new updated rule book. If you are struggling with it, uh, you can check that out. Hasbro has announced that they will stop using plastic in their packaging. There you go. Thanks, Hasbro. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but also, screw Hasbro, uh, <laughs> because this week, one of the big things that came out was uh, Monopoly Socialism Edition, uh, which is basically just garbage right-wing propaganda it, making it, fun of hippies. It feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, like I, I, the, the board just makes it, it has that same palette. If as- you want to look it up, uh, yeah, Nick, Nick Kapoor, uh, at N-I-C-K underscore K-A-P-U-R. He's the one who did this sort of, this went viral, this Twitter mm-hmm. thread that he did talking about it. You can look it up if you put his name in and type in Monopoly Socialism. Um, but yeah, he had a whole long uh, rant about just how crappy it is and how offensive <laughs> it is. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a strange choice. Like, you know, it's just, it's almost a, a political choice to, to, to do this. Oh, no, it, it is. And it's, I mean, it, it, what's funny is like the lumping it, like it's clear, like they don't even know anything about socialism. Like it has nothing to do with socialism. It's just like, it's like pass go. Like, do you want avocado toast? You stupid liberal. Like, that's like, what? Well, like, what, <laughs> what it seems like is like, basically they saw a market that like someone's going to buy this and they yeah. just went for it, which it was so like Monopoly. Yeah. It, but, you know, it, it was just really strange. It's I mean, it would be almost if there was like a version, I don't know, there probably is called like Monopoly Redneck or something. But like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just like, it, 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 it was, just, it just felt like a Fox News commercial. So, yeah. So it, yeah. it was interesting. Anyway, was, like, Hasbro uh, having a, uh, a nice week and an annoying week. Well, I guess what I would say is like, I wonder who's getting fired. Yeah, I someone's, so. someone's gonna get fired. Well, it came out a while ago, I think. So, so or I don't know, whatever. Oh. Um, a wonderful article by Mark Rosewater uh, in Magic: The Gathering. This uh, on the Magic Magic Wizards.com, the Magic the Gathering website, talking about why diversity matters in game design. Look up why diversity matters in game design, Mark Rosewater, and it is a wonderful article about like what it says, why diversity matters in game design. But, um, you know, one of the one of the lead designers of Magic the Gathering making a very strong and important, uh, not case, because the case doesn't need to be made, but an explanation of, of why it is so necessary to our hobby. It boils down to be inclusive. 
Sure. But, but in game design. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah you know. Not just in players. Yeah. Like, that's obviously something we, we mm -hmm. want diversity in, but even in uh, those people who are making the games that we all play. Yeah. Um, lastly, uh, Hands of Teutonica, a wonderful Euro that still is played and still loved, even though it came out over 10 years ago. A big box edition was announced for release at Spiel 19. Um, I know Hands of Teutonica has been a little hard to get, as well as all of its uh, expansion, so you will be able to get everything as all as as death and taxes and big box editions are the only guarantees in life. And Hansu Jatanika is getting a big box coming at Spiel. I don't think we've played this in about a decade. Yeah, it's been a while. I yeah. well, I've played it with you guys, so I, I definitely like so it happened while I was in the mix. Decade, so yeah. yeah, maybe something like that. Um, let's get into games on the brain. There's the song for well, it. Can you hear the whole song? Oh, you can hear the whole song. No, that was the wrong one. No, don't do that. I played the wrong one. Oh, where did, I forgot where I put it on the button. Oh, now we have to wait for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna okay. We'll play it at the end. Okay, we'll play it at the end. Uh, games on the brain. But the, the main game on my brain this week is Tapestry. What is Tapestry? Tapestry is the new big box game from Stonemaier Games, the people who brought you Scythe and Wingspan and Viticulture and Euphoria. Uh, this is Jamie Stegmeier, who also designed Scythe and Euphoria and every game I just mentioned that's not Wingspan. Uh, and this is his big civilization game. Yes. This is a big box game. We're talking, they have not announced the retail yet, but I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, I tell you, if it's under $75. I think it will be Probably $89.99. Yep. That's my guess. Yeah. I think it'll be $100 with shipping, maybe, maybe $110 with mm -hmm. shipping. Um, it, is announced, it is going up for pre-sale on September 4th, uh, exclusively through Stonemeyer's website. If you are a champion member of Stonemeyer, meaning I think you paid $20 for the year to be a champion, yours will ship first. Uh, and he's saying you'll get it, I think, in two to three weeks. So you'll have it by the end of September. It, I'm excited. Like, so what this is, is this is civilization game in two hours with 16 very asymmetrical powers, very asymmetrical. I've seen most of them at this point. Um, and a very interesting sort of, uh, the, on your turn, all you do is you pick a tech track yep. and move up on it. That's it. No, it's, it's great. That's I mean, literally, I'm curious. So I, I asked Paul to read. So uh, this week they finally released the rules. The rule book's mm -hmm. out there. It's four pages long. A little bit of a cheat because they're mm -hmm. big pages. But um, Watch It Played, Rodney Smith, the wonderful Rodney Smith, has released a video on how to play the game. And so now we all know how it plays. I mean, so let's do a little bit of a rule book review. I think it's totally fair to review a rule book. Sure. Granted with giant caveats mm -hmm. if we haven't played it yet. But Paul, what, after watching the rules, review this game. Uh, well, it seems like, you know, here you are. You're trying to build your civilization. Right. Uh, there, there's a map, yep. but it's sort of an abstracted map. It's not Earth. So that's a civilization mm -hmm. game that does not place on Earth. There's not Napoleon. There's no Black Plague. There's not all the things that you would expect in a civilization game. Yep. This is an alternate reality. And basically, you know, uh, you, you start from like the primitive, like you've just invented fire. Yep. And you can move all the way up to wormholes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and Interstellar so, space travel. And so, uh, and there's, you're just uh, competing for the board, trying to build the best civilization. It seems like uh, remarkably simple. Yeah. You know, that, that, uh, but literally on your turn, mm -hmm. pick a tech track, move up on it, or or age or era up. Like you know, you have five eras, right? Like you know, right. And so and 
or, or yes, or collect income, which is that that's that that end that kicks you out of the round. Yeah. Or or actually no, everybody's sort of on their own exactly. different paths of round. So you end the round when you want, mm-hmm. and so there is no actual end of a round. It's like you know, so you could actually be done before everybody else. That's you, a thing. Someone will be done. Somebody before. will be done. Maybe potentially a few rounds before anybody else. But I, I think Jamie said on on uh, the geek that he doesn't think anybody will be sitting around for more than ten or fifteen minutes. And uh, like. I mean, that's basically it. I mean, you're, there's a little... Yeah, so, but every, when you move up on the tech track, it, it triggers a whole bunch of actions. Exactly. That's right. And, and basically, there is some area control in the center where you basically try to expand and mm-hmm. you're competing with other people. But like, what I really thought was interesting was everything here I've seen before mm. like in other games, but the combination of it all together, I go like, this is so simple. And I feel like this is really going to be deep. Yeah. You know, uh, and... The tone, Easy to teach, hard to master, potentially. Exactly. Like, especially with, you know, a group who, who really wants to play a certain way. Because, like, that asymmetry creates this huge uh, style that, you know, whether it be, like, Eclipse or, you know, like, uh, Gaia Project, like, people are going to, they start different and they're going to become more and more different. Yeah. And I, and I think that's really interesting to watch. But what I found that I, because I don't really respond to theme in games i think mm-hmm. I, I think like oh i'm playing people i'm playing my friends yeah but because it's so optimistic that's your want as the metagamer yeah but but because it's so optimistic you're going from fire to like space you know it, yeah it, it, i'm like oh i can see why i i, I want to see how my civilization turns you're gonna out. larp it a little I bit know, it's, it, it's like this is so not me but like i i'm really excited about it um that's good so i mean do you do you th- that's what my question is do you think you'll like this game i think if the mechanics play out as it projects. Right. I, I think. I think. I, I will very much. Enjoy. I think it's, it's a game that we're gonna play again and again for six months, and then we'll put it away for a little bit. Do you? Th- okay. So here's my question, though. Do you think the dice are gonna kill the game for us? If for our kill, group? Like, if they're gonna kill for me, like you know, it really comes down to how. So let me just explain the dice really quick. Uh, there are there are two things. So when you move up on the science track, at the be- sometimes not always, you roll a die. Uh, and the theme being that, you know, early on when people aren't very good at, civiliz- uh, at, at science, and their civilization is not very advanced, uh, you don't know what's going to happen when you're mm-hmm. experimenting with science, right? So random things can happen. You're guaranteed to move up on the science track, but also you roll a die and you randomly get to move up on another track. Mm-hmm. The only difference is when you move up, you don't get to take the associated action. Sure. So it's just a bump. It's not mm-hmm. anything else. Um, now, I could see potentially there being some annoyance if it always moves you up on the track that you're already moving up on and it and then or if it only moves you up on the track you don't care about then you could feel a little bit like eh. isn't that theme though like potentially in- yeah okay but it, but it's also like if we take out the theme we're still playing a, a competitive euro that sure. you don't want to be decided by a die so i don't think that would change it the the worry that i have that other people have as well is anytime you take a military action mm-hmm. you roll some dice you nothing bad happens there's no there's no bad so you're, you're guaranteed to, to basically get to roll those dice if you do the action. But one of the dice, one of the dice is, is, is resources, and then the other die is victory points. And when you roll them, you pick one. So it's only good things. There's no, you get nothing. You always get something. But I think the spread on the victory points is either like a four or an eight or something. Mm. So it's like if one person's always rolling the eight and one person's always rolling the four, I think that could decide the game. Well, and this is this is where it'll be whether they render the mechanics pro, you know, right. Pro. So, and here's the other thing, though they have so insanely overvalued. Not uh, they have so they have so made uh, resources so important. So basically, a resource is a turn mm-hmm. because the, as the farther you move up on the track, you need resources to keep moving up on those tech tracks. So basically, resources are extra actions because mm-hmm. once you're out of resources, your turn is done. Yes. So. 
I think the, the only thing that's going to save that die is that I think it's going to be so important to get resources that it's going to be rare people pick the die. The and I think the only time you'll pick the die is potentially if you I roll think, that eight. Yeah. Right. Sure. So I think people will never be taking that four. Sure. I think that four will never be better than another turn. Mm-hmm. But I think towards the end of the game, that eight might be. So I think yep. that might that might be what sure. saves it. Cool. Um, I'm excited. Like, you know, it's one of those things where I can only project so much. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And well, our, we will review it. I, I, I of course, I'm going to order it the day it comes out. And oh, hopefully but you got baby coming. Well, it's going to come before the baby. It's going to be like the last. <laughs> it's going to be honestly, it's going to be like the last big new game. I think I play yeah, before we were, I disappear. Rachel, you, you went to labor, but my game. Yeah, night, honey, we're playing. We're, t- we have tapestry tonight. <laughs> Can you just like, just like hold, just breathe for a, a couple more hours? Um, anyway, I'm very excited for tapestry. You will have a review of that coming soon. Uh, that's the main game in my brain. The other game in my brain is Barrage was delivered. Barrage is. The game from the designers of uh, uh, Marco Polo and all your favorites, uh, basically all my favorite games. Um, their names are grabbing the box, which is right here and very heavy and was hard for me to lift. Uh, Tomasino Battista, Simone Luciano, and Antonio De Luca. This is a big heavy boy. Uh, this is a barrage, barrage, <laughs> a barrage in your face. But it is um, sort of. Terra Mystica-esque in the sense of it is you're building a tech tree of buildings as you go, but there is a very interesting worker placement element to it. There's a lot going on. Highly asymmetrical. Marco Polo levels of game-breaking asymmetry, which I love. It definitely is one of the games I was reading the rules, and I, and I got to the part where they're going over the powers, and I was like, well, that's stupid broken. And then the next one is, well, that's insane. And the next one is like, well, that person's not even playing the game. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> I mean, but it's good, because if one of them feels broken, you better hope that the rest of them, sure. and they all do. They all feel crazy, um, which I love. That's definitely something I look for in games a lot. Um, so I'm very excited to get that to the table. Uh, Simone Luciani is the designer of basically all of my favorite heroes that is not Twa Zolkin, Marco Polo, Grand Austria Hotel, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, oh, and those Barrage. Are, those are all, the, those you, are all my love, favorite games. Love those. Yeah. So um, high expectations for Barrage. A lot of people had some serious component issues. Um, I'm a MacGyver of components. I, if Paul had come in 15 minutes earlier, he would have seen a hundred dictionaries holding down a million components <laughs> throughout my apartment in order to flatten everything. But everything's perfectly flattened now and no issues. You're so consistent. You're just, you're just so different, you and I. I am consistent. <laughs> um, Undaunted Normandy is another game on my brain this week. I'm excited to get that to the table. I haven't played it yet, but that is a two-player deck-building small skirmish World War II army game. Mm. Very interesting rave reviews rave reviews watch a review from marco wargamer marco marnado who did an amazing review of undone normandy and i think if you like war games and are looking for a good intro level war game that non-wargamer players would like i think you should definitely take a look at undone normandy last thing on my brain this week is dune the new edition of dune, dune ships this week dune so good new edition have you seen you've seen the art of the new one right I've seen it, yeah uh that's shipping this week paul here's my one request that i made to tom i just want to get one Six-player game in of the new edition of Dune before my baby comes. That's uh, that's uh, that's. Can we doable. make that happen? It's doable. It's doable. It's doable. It's doable. doable. Let's listen to the uh, the theme for Game Brain as we as uh, 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 as we leave this section. Games, games of the brain. These are games we like to play. These are games stuck on our brains. Oh baby. 
brings me a lot of joy. That brings so me much joy. A so lot joy. of joy. Whoever gave that to us, uh, thank you. Bless you. Uh, Lord, Lord, bless and keep you. Uh, update on the 8x8 challenge? Nothing. I tried. I tried to get Concordia to the table this he week. He didn't try too hard. And he, people were like, we want to learn Ragusa. And I was like, oh, fine, guys. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of Concordia and a lot of Gloomhaven to play. And like, somebody needs to stop sending me all these new games. And by somebody, I mean I need to stop buying all these new games. Maybe we'll play Concordia when you have your baby. <laughs> you should. Just do eight <laughs> nights in a row. I, that's yeah, You guys have to finish the 8x8 oh, while, while I'm raising an infant. If you name your uh, daughter Concordia, sure. Um, for the people <laughs> who are hearing me talk a lot about a baby coming, do not worry. The podcast is not ending. Uh, the difference will be that I will simply transition into a weekly, uh, a, a once per round guest like everybody else. And Tom, the Game Master Donnelly, will be taking over my role for a couple rounds as I uh, have an infant at home and will be uh, way too tired to think about gaming for a while. Um, but I will still show up once per round and probably maybe a little bit more and we'll see how it, how it all goes. But um, the podcast is not going anywhere. Do not worry. That's why we have eight people here. That was actually literally part of my strategy <laughs> when I made this. I was like, if I have eight people, if a baby comes, I can take off for a couple of months and yeah. the podcast will be fine. There you go. There you go. Uh, which is great. Well played. Well played. Shall we move into our reviews? Yeah, let's do it. This is the super filler section. Super filler. Games that play in under 30 minutes that are not complicated, but hopefully a lot of fun. These are three great fillers that came out in 2000. And 19, technically, Airline and Sea came out in 2018, I guess, but uh, I don't think anybody got it until 2019. It's a 2019 game. Which one do you want to start with, Paul? Uh, let's do Airline and Sea. Let's start with Air, Land, and Sea. Let me give you the stats here. Two-player only game. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Two only. Two only. It is a, uh, I think there are 18, 18 cards in the game. That's mm -hmm. it. A, a deck of 18 cards. And you are playing a win best out of two, best out of three uh, military theater game. So you have three sort of large cards that you put on the board. One says there, one says land, one says sea. <laughs> then you take the 18 cards, you shuffle them up, you give one player six and another player six. Each player will play one card on their turn until everybody's played all the cards. So you will have played 12 cards by the end. When you play a card, the cards in your hand are either air, land, or sea cards. They have numbers on them ranging from one to six. You play a card to a specific theater. It must match the theater on the card. And you keep going back and forth, fighting for these theaters. Now, when you play the cards, the vast majority of them have special powers on them. Yep. Play this card, flip another card face mm -hmm. down. When any cards flip face down, if you look at the back of all the cards, they say two on them. So they are two value when they're flipped down. You're fighting for them. You're going back and forth at the end of the round. Whoever wins two out of three gets six points. First person to 12 points wins, but there's a fun little twist there. A twist. You can withdraw. You can run away at any point during the round, but depending on how many cards you have in your hand, that's how many, sort of how many victory points you're going to be giving up. So at the very beginning of the round, when you've only played one card, you can go, I concede. I yield. And the other person only gets two points. And you will, that is a huge part of the strategy in this game is you have to do that because you sometimes will have a bad hand. But... Knowing when you have a bad hand is very interesting because you still might have a better hand than your opponent. Yeah. It's like you have to know when to hold them mm -hmm. or know when to fold them. So this is a game of rope-a-doping because <laughs> if you open with a six, your opponent might fold. You don't want your opponent to fold if you've got a great hand. You want them stuck in as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So maybe you open with a, an okay card. Like and then they have to wonder... Oh, wait, is my hand better? Or are they rope-a-doping? Or what is happening? Because at a certain point, 
when you have, you know, when you've played all your cards but one or two, now you can't get out because now it's six no matter what, yep. six points the other person. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Paul? Well, I, like, you know, as the... Oh, sorry. I just want to get... The designer is John Perry and the artist is Valerio Buonfantino and Stephen Gibson from like, Arcane Wonders. Uh, you know, as the game breaker slash metagamer, like, I, I really like this because the mechanics are so simple. You teach it in two minutes. Tops. Not, not, not even five Tops. minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. And what you're really doing is you're playing against your opponent. Like the, the, the game really exists in 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 the meta. Like you know, you're, you're, you're okay. laying, like your your cards are going to mean something, but like you're basically trying to deceive your your yeah. opponent. Uh, do I have something? It's almost like poker in a way. Like you mm-hmm. know. And I think that's because there's only 18 cards, and within a game or two, you will know what every card in the mm-hmm. deck does. So you'll know what the odds are that your opponent has certain things. Exactly. And what's also interesting is like. You know that if you have like uh, like high level cards, yeah, your opponent does not, mm-hmm. and so now you know, and they should know that you know you don't have it. So, uh, they don't have it, so like they're more inclined to to bow out. Yeah, but you don't want them to. You don't want to. So you got you got to play that uh, play that little game. Like, oh no, I don't got it. Yeah, but they know you have it. <laughs> yeah, we'll start playing things face down, mm-hmm. and then they don't know anything about your hand. Yeah. And then you have cards that flip your cards over and yep. you turn a two into a six and then it's too late for them to bow out. And I mean, there's 18 cards. Like each, each person gets three. And so there are six that are not in play. So that yeah. they have to guess like, oh, maybe, maybe no one has a six. Yeah. You know, yeah, because six cards are not in play, which is huge. Yeah. And, and A so third of the deck not in play every round. What I really like about it, it gets to that really quick. Yeah. Like you play it once or twice. You, you're, the first time you play, you go, I'm just playing the numbers. Like, you know, I don't know what. The, but then when you, when you know that there are only 18 cards, like that's not too far for mm-hmm. you to memorize and you go like oh now we're playing the meta mm-hmm. and so it gets into it really quick and i really enjoy that i had a really fun game with tom on friday before i showed up to game night we played a quick game of airland and sea and i uh my favorite thing was i had a hand of all crap and one six and, and i opened it with and it. i opened with the six and he withdrew and you, i showed him the rest of my hand you was like, your presence with authority you. i was like you would have destroyed me that <laughs> round and i got two points out of it i'm gonna announce my presence with authority <laughs> yeah that that to me was that so plays like that are really fun mm-hmm. and also just like every round i drew a six a bunch of times in a row mm-hmm. and every round i would play a six and go withdraw <laughs> and then he'd have to decide like should I or should I? it was just fun um, and, and, and it, got, it was very close I think at the end it was like 12 to 11 like mm-hmm. it was a, sure. the last game neither one of us could withdraw without giving the other person mm-hmm. the victory and so I guess in that sense it sort of came down to who drew the better hand a little bit um, but maybe that was one of our faults for not playing better prior to that to not get to that point with one with a game like that like you're really not, like the score means nothing the yeah. win actually it's, it's the it's the wrestling yeah it's and 15 the, minutes yeah. too like yeah. play again like yeah. it's very fast yeah. Um, this is a $15 game, very cheap on Amazon for $13.99 plus shipping. Um, I don't think you can go wrong. I think this yeah. is a great, like, is an airplane game. This is a take to a bar game. Yeah. This it, is a, vac- a take on vacation game. It's, it's a small box footprint. You know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's classic filler. Like, yeah. You know, this is two player only, which mm-hmm. is, you know, so it's not a game night filler, but this is definitely like throw it in your pocket. And yeah, you know, I mean, you could even just take the cards and just put it into a bag and second, you don't mm-hmm. even need the box. Like yep, this exactly. is a very small footprint. It's just a deck. It's nine, it's 18 cards and a couple victory point chests. You don't even need the victory point chest. Mm-hmm. You could just write them down if you wanted to or yeah. play with peanuts. Um, that's Airland and Sea. That's a high recommend for me. Uh, me too. Definitely. Yeah. This is a, 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 a keeper permanent keeper in my collection for very fast two-player games absolutely um definitely check that out air land and sea next review what do you want to do qe or watergate 
Let's do Watergate. Do you probably have a little... Tell us about Watergate, Paul. You take this one. Uh, so Watergate is basically you are Nixon or you are the press. And you're basically trying to uh, uh, twilight struggle, you know, uh, the game. And so basically there are... There's a momentum token. There is an initiative token. And there's some evidence. Like, you know, if you are Nixon, you basically want to push this... Uh, this red uh, momentum token five times, and then you get to keep it. You do this five times total, you win. Uh, with the uh, press, what you're trying to do is you're trying to create, you have your reporters, and you're trying to create this uh, connection. Like there's a, like a, a board, you yeah. know, uh, and like- Like trying, a CSI exactly, uh, evidence a, board. Exactly. Or like Beautiful Mind with all these, the string connecting all these different things. Exactly, and you're trying to connect two reporters to Nixon. Uh, and there's not reporters to to informants yeah, yes and there's like you know a track where you just keep on pushing these things back and forth with your various cards the cards have some superpowers that you use one time and then the cards are out or they have numbers which you use to uh push them along the track and yep. and that's basically it like just if you've ever played twilight struggle this is a condensed version of that that can be done we, we'd play right before a podcast and that mm-hmm. was what maybe 20, 20 minutes, minutes? Yeah. yeah so so yeah, it's I, a little longer than air land and sea. It's like two air land and seas, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, yeah, so that's basically it. I, I think it's uh, I think it's really good. I think uh, it's fun. Like I'm a person who respects Twilight Struggle, but I don't actually play it very often because I feel it's three hours long. Yes, it's three hours long. Uh, but more than that, like I feel like there's a right way to play uh, Twilight Struggle. Like you know, like you need to. If I'm going to study the game, I'm going to study all the cards. I'm going to study all the gambits and blah 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 blah. And that's that's worth studying. Whereas, like with Watergate, you have that same experience, but there are only I don't know what thirteen cards. Like I think there's twenty four in each deck, maybe twenty four. Like that. that that many? I think so. Yeah. Okay, it, it's something like that. And it, and they're all none of them are super game breaking. They're all pretty well. So one side has uh, conspirators and one side mm-hmm. has journalists, yeah. and those are pretty game breaking, I think. But with they're both they cancel each other out. Exactly. They're both game breaking. And so 20 cards in each deck. Okay. So, but like then what you do is like when you use those uh, game breaking cards, they go out of the game. So right, like Twilight Struggle. And if, if you, so, so yeah, it is, it is very, it is impossible not to compare this to Twilight yeah. Struggle because it plays the same. So eat when you, it's card driven on your turn. All you're doing is going back and forth playing cards. When I play a card, I can either take it for the points, mm-hmm. which is either move the momentum which is what what Nixon needs to win or use the initiative which is turn turn order right and 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 initiative and card draw like one person draws 5 one person draws 4 and the person who draws 5 goes first which is huge and then there's also three evidence tokens face down little evidence tokens that 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 only the Washington Post player really needs um and then each card also has a one-time use, right? An instant effect. Most cards, not each. Most cards, right. Yeah. And, and conspirators and journalists are permanents. But the other ones, if you're not using it for the points, you're using it for the event. And if you use it at the event, it's gone from the game. And it's out of your deck forever. And you, you go through your deck three, four, five times in a game, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So you are thinning your deck. So you're sort of creating this deck you want, but you're also mm-hmm. getting rid of some of your best cards because mm-hmm. the one-time use effects are so powerful, you can't not use them. Yeah, like the, this last game that Matt and I just played, uh, he, he thinned out his deck really quickly. and he I played a rush strategy. And, and, yeah. he, he, and he was very close to winning, but I had such strong 
cards left because I didn't yeah. toss anything. I mean, and it wound up being a card draw that made him win. Yeah. But like, it, was, it was pretty uh, interesting to see how that dynamic. I think what I did loses more often than wins. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, Nixon has to rush things, mm-hmm. but I think Nixon has to keep a couple bombs in his yeah. deck that he does. And mm-hmm. I used my bombs early mm-hmm. um, to sort of force you out of your game was my thinking. A little bit, a little bit. Um, because now you have to start worrying about the clock ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works in hindsight, but I also, it, it, it could have gone either way at the end yeah. there. I mean, like you were, you, it, I, was, I was one yellow away from, yeah, it. you were one evidence token away from winning, which the game scene, every time I play the game probably six times now, it mm-hmm. always comes down to mm-hmm. one of us will win this round guaranteed. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think this is like how I, how I describe Century Spice Road as a uh, Euro 101. This is a war game 101 mm-hmm. to me. I mean, this well, this is a modern war game, you know, a, a Twilight Struggle card-driven sure. sort of war game. Not a person on a map. Right, not a person's on a map game. Um, I think this is one of the best short... I, this might be the best short two-player game I've ever played. Really? It's hard to think of a two-player game that plays in 30 minutes that has more depth than this. Um, Fort Sumter is a game that came out about a year or two ago mm-hmm. that is very much Twilight Struggle for two. Um, and it's interesting. This is on par with that, but I find this to be more thematic. The theme comes through Fort Sumter almost felt like an abstract to me. It's it more streamlined. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really gets to what it is quickly. Yeah. This my my only issue is, uh, and, and I think the asymmetry will help a lot in mm-hmm. not feeling samey because I, I like I wouldn't want to play Nixon like three times in a row. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be like, oh, well, let me try the other because they do play pretty differently, mm-hmm. and knowing each other's decks is such a huge part of the game. I think this game becomes sort of like Airland in a sense once both players really know the game, yeah. Because then it really becomes about comes about fainting what you have in your hand, mm-hmm. right? Pretending you and and also keeping those bombs there and the other person having to always be prepared for them, which is totally a Twilight Struggle thing. But mm-hmm. Twilight Struggle, you have to learn, you know, 180 cards and they all are very complicated and the, you know, this one is 20 cards in each deck. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's there's some big bombs in there like in uh, Twilight Struggle and you have to be you have to build your strategy around uh mitigating those disasters. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I highly recommend for me. Like, you know, I, if you if you like the theme, if you like Watergate kind of thing, I, and you like Twilight Struggle, I, 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 it's 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 really no brainer for me. This is also a pretty cheap game, about thirty bucks, thirty four dollars new. Um, I will say right now, if you are at all interested in this game, I, I I would get a little FOMO and try to grab it. The uh, the publisher announced yesterday on Twitter that they have sold through from the publisher level. So every every piece of stock that's out there is all that's out there, all that's left. Oh, really? Um, Scarcity. Once this stock sells through, uh, you will have to wait for a, a reprint, which usually those can often take six months. Mm-hmm. So if you want this in the next six months, I would try to snag it in the next week if you can. It's $30. Um, if you go to board game prices right now, everybody seems to have it in stock. But like I said, the publisher has sold through. So... This is the print run is sold out from their level. You cannot buy it from Capstone's website right now, I don't believe. Um, but every game store and even Amazon seems to have copies of it right now. But when they're gone, they're going to be gone for a, could be. I mean, Capstone's not a huge publisher. It could be a year. Could be mm. longer. Um, and and I do recommend this. This is if if you have a regular gaming partner that you play with. Uh, two-player games. This is a wonderful exactly. meaty two-player game. You know, you or your spouse. You know. This is this is one of those things where I go like definitely totally or I'd even you know I'd, I'd play this with non gamers I don't think it's very complicated mm-hmm. I, you know just you could bring this is definitely a great vacation game yep um, I think Rachel would enjoy this game I'm excited to teach it to her I think um, I think it's a pretty solid two player game look if you have I mean like 
when I think two-player games, I think War of the Ring. I think Twilight Struggle. I think let's sit down for three hours. Let's put a, a pot of coffee on and let's play like a really intense long game. Yeah, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you don't have that time, this is pretty meaty and pretty pretty fun decision space like, like, in a yeah. short period of time. It, it's a it's a two-baby game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you have two babies. You should get this game. Uh, let's end with QE. Paul, tell us all about Q. You know, actually, sorry, I, I did not with I, I did not say the designer or the artist mm-hmm. or the publisher for Watergate. Uh, Matthias Kramer is the designer. Artists are Clemens Franz and Alfred Victor Scholz. Uh, Matthias Kramer has uh, done the game Glenn Moore and Rococo and Lancaster, and has uh, quite a pedigree for wonderful Euros. Um, and it's from Capstone Games. Why don't you uh, like describe this? I'm going to tee up QE. Yeah, yeah. QE is not a two-player game. This is a filler for three to five players. It does not play two players. That's not. Oh no. You must have a minimum of three players. Uh, designed by Gavin Birnbaum. Artist is Gavin Birnbaum and Anka Gavril. Publisher is BoardGameTables.com and Cubico Games. You heard me correctly. BoardGameTables.com, the place that sells tables. <laughs> is selling this board game. I bought it from boardgametables.com. There you go. Uh, this, is, this is their lost leader. Like, you, know, you, you buy this and then you'll buy a $1,000 table. Yeah, exactly. uh, they don't sell $1,000 tables, Paul. These are like $4,000 tables. But um, yeah, it sells for $34. Everything we're talking about is roughly yeah, in the yeah. same price range today. $30, bucks, $15. Bucks. Um, QE stands for quantitative easing. And this is a attempt to capture the feeling of the 2008 financial crisis. Wow. Uh, when all of the, uh, the Wall Street companies were going belly up and governments were writing blank checks to basically give them whatever they needed so that their economies wouldn't collapse along with those companies. So the world economy doesn't crash. Right. <laughs> uh, and so they're just making, so they're literally just writing blank checks to these companies. What do you need so that you don't sink the entire world economy. Mm -hmm. We need $100 billion, fine, whatever. And they were literally printing money Mm -hmm. that didn't exist in order to solve this problem. Um, So QE is a auction game, okay? An auction game in the realm of the estates or uh, for sale sale, or other sort of- uh, High society. High society. Mm -hmm. It is in that realm. This is a 45 minute game. I don't think it would go much longer than that. I think it's usually shorter. I'd like, say 30. I feel like five player is actually shorter because you only play three rounds. And- right. So what you are doing is everybody gets a blank check as well as a dry erase marker. And you are going to be bidding for companies. So companies that have gone belly up, right? And every player is a different country. So China, France, America, Japan, Japan UK. UK. Uh, you take one of these companies and everybody has a little company board, a ledger, okay? And you are sort of um, roll and write style crossing off uh, sets. So mm-hmm. you're trying to get different types of companies, agriculture companies, um, governments, like government, I don't know, different yeah. types of companies. They're all, it's Housing, just, you know, right, stuff Basically like colors, right? Yep. So like, and you're trying to get collections of those. So you want to own three agriculture companies or three industrial or companies. Or diversity of. Or have a diversity of yep. one of every type, things mm-hmm. like that. So you're, you, that's, your, that's your main goal, right? And you get victory points for that. But in order to win these things when they come up, there's one person who's the auction master. 
and they flip over the top stack of companies. They reveal one, and the companies range from one to four points, I believe. Depending on what you're playing, yeah. Right. Um, so uh, that's also the victory points at the end. So here's a four-point Chinese agriculture company. Up for sale, guys. Auction Master then publicly writes down a number that is not a starting bid, but an initial bid. A par. A par. Well, because you can go below it or above sure, it. Sure. You just can't replicate mm-hmm. it. So that person writes down a number. And you can come up with any number you can think of. You could write down one trillion, gazillion, billion, Between billion. zero and infinity. Between zero and infinity. Um, well, the auction master cannot write down zero, actually. Yep. So they write any positive whole number, right? You can't also write, can't write down fractions. So you can't do one and 2.97. You can't write down pi. So uh, the auction master writes down that number. Then everybody secretly writes down a number. The rules are you can write down any number you want. That is not the number that the auction master wrote down. You can go above it. You can go below it. You could even write zero. Then you secretly give all of your checks to the auction master. They secretly look at all of them without ever revealing the amount written down, and they announce who won the bid. They don't announce how much they paid. They don't announce anything. They then take the company they won, and they write the winning bid on the back of it, hand that to the winner. That stays secret as well. So the bids are completely secret outside of the auction master. At the end of the game, whoever bid the most is eliminated from winning. Uh-oh. That's, that's, that's the rub. That's the rub. If you like, bid the most... If you bid infinity minus one. Yeah. If you <laughs> bid the most, you are eliminated from potential victory. Everybody else then gets to get just to score their victory points depending on you know the sets they collected. There are seven victory points also for the person who bid the least. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice little bonus as well. So this is a game of... I, I described this, I think, at one point as Avalon meets... Uh, the estates. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair way of describing it. There, this is a game of, of that is completely contingent upon your group's meta. And I will turn it over to Paul to discuss said meta. <laughs> I don't know if I will describe what, what, like, so, you know, the, the idea that you can bid anything is, uh, it's part of the game. But what I really like about this game is that really what it is, is a matter of determining what, uh, your, your people are going to do like you're trying to bid against uh, your, uh, your your the other players as you know in other games but what's great about this is it reminds me of Avalon in the sense that there is actually I believe a correct way of playing just like in Avalon like everyone should be playing true blue like you know like a, a, a normal blue person without information mm. I feel like there is actually a base bid that you should do and so I, you know, well, for exa- let me just expl- explain one thing. So if yeah. you are the auction master and you write $10,000 down as the first bid of the first thing, you have automatically lost the game. Or you could have, like, you know, you could be playing with someone who doesn't know how to play a game and goes, like, well, I'm going to bid $20,000. Right. But basically, but if, if you bid $100,000 or something and everybody else is bidding below 100 for the rest of the game, you've, you're you've not lost. in the game. Yeah. And so I just did this thought experiment where, okay, like I bid 10, I bid $1,000. Well, everyone can just, the other people can go like, well, if we just collectively decide that we are not going to we're going to collectively all of what we achieve is less than a thousand we'll never be the people the person who gets kicked out yeah and then that person automatically loses so then you repeat that goes well what if i do it with a hundred dollars and you could still do that everyone could just go like oh i can i can play a game under a hundred dollars uh like jesse tried this and he tried it with 69 dollars lost 
And, and so, uh, and so then like we, we go all the way out to the end. Like, you know, if you bid $1, Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, are you safe? And he goes, yeah, you, you, there, there is no wiggle room right. for that. So the correct bid is somewhere between $69 and $1 right. <laughs> in, our, in our meta, right. you know, uh, and, and what we've discovered is basically, I think you or Dimitri said it best. He goes, like, you've made this game unfun, Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because I, I mean... Yeah, you've added uh, you've added rational thought to the game, <laughs> which is a game of emotions yeah, and yeah. Uh, and ma- writing big numbers down. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean that, that that's part of. What to, I don't know how much staying power this game has because I don't know how much fun the right way to play is. That, that's exactly what I was. I feel like now the game has shifted into a like a poker s type thing where like I kn- I need to know the math and I need to know the psychology and it really comes down to this like really grind type aspect of yeah. it. And I don't know if that's what you want in a filler game. Yeah. I lost, I was the player eliminated one time playing this by $1 yeah. against and, and, Dimitri by $1. And it's not a good, I mean, somebody's eliminated every game Yeah, by $1 is not a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, really? Yeah, and, really? You know, and I could be wrong. Like, you know, this is just my meta that I came up with. Like Tom is really insistent that there is a different. Okay. But how, how do we get out of that meta? How do we like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't wrong. know either. Like no, if you bid a hundred dollars at any point, you've lost in like, the like, way that we play. It really relies. The, the thing is this, you know, if you want to play the game that I, I believe the uh, designer intended, then you're playing uh, this game where all, all the players are just kind of vying for each other and there's no kind of elimination. I've just added this aspect where like there's a point where you eliminated yourself. Mm-hmm. So if, if you, if, let's say I, I bid $10,000, you know, and then someone else bids $10,000, then everyone else has to, or, or, or $12,000 or something, then everyone else has to play the game that as intended. Right. But the moment that people collectively go, oh, I'm if we are all like, you know, rational people and we collectively play best game theory, yeah. it's better to just have that person eliminate and then play the game within ourselves. So there's another thing that I saw, there's a thread online about somebody who, who also hit a stalemate on this game with their group. Mm-hmm. And here's what the stalemate was. It's a game of chicken, right? This is yeah. a game of chicken. Mm-hmm. In sure, sure. So one person opens the bid at $4 million, right? Then the next one, they win by 16 million. And the next one they win by 64 million and they're going up by a uh, factor four by a factor of four every time and they're winning all of them. So two things happen. One, somebody realizes they're going to get all the points in the game. And so somebody then foolishly figures out the number because they, somebody mm, it's, predictable. Out, right. yep. it's predictable and they beat it and now they've lost. And that person has won is undefeatable, mm-hmm. right? The other outcome is everybody recognizes this is what this person doing and they all bid zero or one or whatever for the rest of the game. And then that person loses and everybody shares a, a four person mm-hmm. cooperative victory. That's not fun. Yeah, no, there's not, there's no, no game. That's actually not a game. Mm-hmm. There's no game there. Sure. That's sure. just one person writing down silly numbers and the other people watching their phones. And, and this, and this is, uh, and you know, as the game breaker. Yeah. I'm I mean, surprised I, you didn't try that. Well, look, I don't need to. Like, you know, I, I've already, I already broke it this way. I've, I've already yeah. made it unfun. Yeah, that, that there's a ceiling of $50 and whoever does the math perfectly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I also, don't, but I also don't know what the version of the game. Like I don't. I, now it's like seeing something you can't unsee. That's right. This is this is one of those. I things. would never like. I I couldn't imagine. I don't even know what the game was like. When I first heard the game, I was like, "Oh, this is so fun. We're going to be writing down crazy numbers and fighting." But now, like, oh, you also said like, "Or Paul will break it." Yeah, but I also just feel like <laughs> if I wrote down ten thousand dollars, I just lost the game, and now I'm just <laughs> looking at my phone for the rest of the game, and nobody knows that. So there is one fun thing, like you one time per game, only for playing in the five player game. Mm-hmm. I think four or five player game, five, just five. No, just five player mm-hmm. game. You can peek at the winning bid of the last bid. So you can get some information. And um, you can do that once per game. You cross it off on your board. Um, but yeah, I don't like... like the, the thing is, like I, I don't know if there's another meta. I, I haven't figured it out. Yeah. I, like, you, you, I feel like in our group, you need something to com- combat my, the meta I, I've put into the group. Yeah. You know? Like Tom thinks he can. I go, play one more game with, with everyone with the meta. Mm-hmm. You will change your mind. Yep. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a... It's still very early, though. We've, you know, all we've played this. Maybe we just have to try it again, being silly. But then I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like someone's going to figure it out. Like, yeah, well, they'll they go, oh, this is how you play, and I go, okay, I I see it. I would like. I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah. I would. I want to enjoy this game more, Mm -hmm. but I also just it has everything I like. You know, yeah, it it has has Avalon. It has you know uh, the estates. It has these things that should work to would work together. Yeah, peanut butter and chocolate. But, but somehow somebody there's like a little smear of poo in there. Smear, poo <laughs> smear, very good. So I, I can't recommend this yet. Yeah. Like, you know, unless unless there's a new meta that yeah. comes in that really changes or something. Maybe or we just it, need to play with non gamers and just like be silly. But then also I'm just thinking like well, I, I can't. But it's like I can't unsee it. I yeah, can't no, unsee it. And or there's a just a rule change. I think might not even need an expansion. Just like a, this other aspect like well we we played with i think this doesn't solve it but we i was thinking of like what if there was a shoot the moon exactly right what if there was uh but then it's silly because then you someone ne- that, st- steps on the grenade you know for, yeah you know. then you're just about who knows the highest number yeah or like yeah i don't know so you know yeah interesting i can't i don't know if i like it yet i don't i mean or i just don't know how to, how it's fun <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, not a great review of a game if i can't figure out how it's fun yeah, no. Uh, the first game, like you know, uh, we played of this. It, it, I think we played it the way that it was intended. Yeah. But that was because Dimitri uh, did a hundred thousand dollar bid. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and no one knew except for, uh, and then it it played out a certain way that you would expect. But after yeah. that, I mean, there's the, a fun thing of like somebody wins the bid and you're like, well, what did they bid? And then the next time you bid a lot and they still win and you're yeah. like, what the hell are we doing here? That's and then right. it's like. I'll bid fifty thousand, and then yeah. you win, it and you're like, "Oh, did I just lose?" Exactly. exactly. Like that's the fun part of the game. But exactly. then, if Paul's in the game, he's just going, <laughs> he's going, "You did lose." No, and now you look at your phone for forty minutes. No, if, if <laughs> it, what I have to do is I have to convert other people in the game. The, the problem yeah. with my meta is like everyone has to be thinking like I do. Like mm-hmm. if two people think like the way the game is designed, I lose. You that's, know? Yeah, that's oh well, maybe that's how we break it. But then you're 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 risking that someone else, you know, like, one of those two people is guaranteed to lose the game. Yeah. Well, well, actually, but no, you're no. also guaranteed to lose too. Exactly. So Ooh. it comes down to who's going to be the person to right. So as long as two people are not playing your game, you will not win. But one of those people is guaranteed to lose. The problem is someone has to bid big first, and you, then someone decides: Do I play against that person, right. or do I? Well, that's interesting. Well, so then it really becomes a game of chicken between two people. Well, well it, it really... and then if a third person gets in, I don't know. No, no. Like, like the, the the real the real test there is like that one the first person the first person goes. I'm going to uh, I'm going to bid big. He he or she has decided, like you know, I may lose right now. Right. And if the other three people are like, oh well, you know, 
I'm uh, I'm going to decide to play it safe. Right. We'll just eliminate you. Then they're playing the numbers. Or right. someone goes, oh, you know, I will I will challenge you. you yeah, know? to see who can. Yeah. So then it becomes two factions, really, mm-hmm. like two two groups playing two different games. And then that the, the other group two, playing small ball for and hoping you know small ball will always lose at that point. You're right. Small ball will always lose. So then, so now, like, so now it's just really two people playing a two-player game against right. each other. So, so, but then I think a third person decides to get involved, exactly. and then a fourth person, and then you've got the game. Exactly. So the moment that one person, the second person, the moment the second person decides, I'm gonna everybody play this, then has to play their must game. play that game. The only problem is who's gonna risk that if one person. So I then maybe that's the answer is that someone has to be willing to risk the first one because someone has to say, yeah. I'm willing to immediately lose right now. Yeah, right. That's the thing. It's like, if you bid 10,000 on your first one, I instantly lose. But then... Unless someone goes like, oh. Unless somebody else goes, let's have fun. And then everybody has to have fun. So, so that, that's the thing. Like, who's going to... The opening it, move. Right. The opening move is who's going to be It's able- almost a, a decision that you're going to have to make before the game starts. That... Absolutely. We are not going to play Paul. The Paul game. <laughs> uh, and if somebody makes a big bid... Somebody else has to get into the deep end. It, it is. It is the culture. Like you know, this is. I mean, the game could work. I'm just. It's yeah. just one of those things. It's definitely a more interesting game when that happens. I think because then it really becomes mm-hmm. a game of like we a game of chicken. Yeah. And it's, then we yeah. So that that's really it. It's just the, the a second person has to decide that they're not going to now make it a four player game. Exactly. Like, and what I think is interesting is like you know, this is what yeah, maybe we solved it. Maybe but we, we only solved it if, if if someone makes a real big choice. Right. Somebody makes a big. No, two people have to make. One person yeah. has to make the, the risk, yeah. and then the other person has to reward the risk. Exactly. Uh, the way I would say it is this: I would say uh, Avalon, its game is in the meta, mm-hmm. and so like there, there. I think there are a lot of people who've played Avalon and go like, "Oh, I, I get it," and I don't. And then they stop playing. And I think what they do is they stop early. And right. I wonder if QE is that way. Like you know, if like I, I've I've posed a meta. And, I've, and I hope that, like, what we do is we, you know, adjust for it. Yeah. Like, you know, I hope it, it, I, 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 don't, I don't want to solve the game. Yeah. I, I want it to be something that we're really playing. And, yeah. and maybe this is it. I don't maybe know. Maybe that's it. We'll All give it right. a try again. If you've played QE or, or try it out, let us know. Uh, join us our Facebook group and talk to us about your strategies and how you're making it fun. Because I want to like it. It's like, on paper, it's like a perfect game. Yeah. But Paul broke it. <laughs> Let's move into our group member specific section. We are today talking about the debate of kingmaking. Should you kingmake? Is there ever a good time to kingmake? Is it always poor sportsmanship? Or is it an inevitable part of every gaming meta? Before we get into this and I turn it over to Paul, let me just give you a quick explanation of what kingmaking is. Kingmaking is when you are not going to win the game. And more than one person has the chance at winning. And you are in position are in position to decide who wins the game. Should you play always to win? Which will often make someone else win. Right? Sure. So let's say the be- if, if you always take the best move for you, but that best move for you happens to hurt one of the two players in the lead allowing the other one to win, then you are king-making even though you may be following the rules. Or should you... Make a choice. Make a choice. And what's the difference? And now we get into the sticky part of (laughs) gaming and the moral side of gaming. And Paul is going to walk us through this as we debate. Walk us through is, you know... King-making. You're going to walk us through the swampy forest of misery that is 
the king making like, discussion. It's sticky because this is, you know, this affects your game dynamic, your game group dynamic. Before we get into it, can I actually uh, make a recommendation? Sure. Will you open with a story? Will okay. you tell us the story the, when this became of like, you and Ben Hoyt playing a game and this was brought up? Uh, I think that's the best way to illustrate the uh, conundrum of kingmaking. L- l- let me give you the, the, the first one, which was actually Great. with, uh, what you call it, uh, with Trey, Tom, okay. myself, and Dimitri. And this is... Uh, Tell us a story, Uncle, Uncle Paul. Uh, so, like, about uh, like six years ago, I think, uh, we were playing the game The Great Zimbabwe. I, I believe that's what it's called, a right? splatter game. Very, yeah. very heavy, wonderful yeah. uh, game. Uh, Tom loves this game. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. And we got to this point where I was not going to win. And uh, it was between Tom and Trey. Uh, this is how I remember it. It might have been a little different. And now I realized, oh, well, I can do this and Tom will win. And I can do this and Trey will win. Yeah. And what I said was like, hey, guys, I could do this and you'll win, Tom. <laughs> and, it, uh, you, and, and so I feel like I'm in this decision to uh, I have this decision where I, I get to choose or I can do this and do and neither of uh, I don't affect I, mm. either income outcome. Right. And uh, and then there was a discussion of like we got into I wouldn't say heated, but it was like, you know, it was really, you know, Tom talking about his position. I think he was in the lead uh, and he was most likely going to win. And he was, you know, arguing like, you know, you should blah, blah, blah. And Trey is going like, well, you know, you should really. Uh, uh, play your best game, mm. and, and I'm going like, hmm. It's this aspect where there's a part of me that was thinking, well, I'm out of this. These two should uh, uh, should duke it out. So do I just stop playing? Is right. that is that going to be like something? And that, that that didn't feel right to me. And then, and then I go, well, I, now I get to choose to, who to win. And I go, well. At, back in those days, I'd go like, "Well, let me screw Tom up. He's going to be most likely to react poorly." Mm. And so, you know, what do you mean react poorly? <laughs> like, uh, I will say that Tom does not like being betrayed. You know, no, no one does. But you know, when when it pushes Tom, a button for him, exactly. Oh, and, and and Trey too. But like, you know, in this particular back then, I was like, "Oh, you know, you're winning too many games, Tom. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this from you. I'm gonna exercise my power. I'm, I'm not a good person, people. I'm sorry." <laughs> Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy. I'm just ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and so I don't know what happened. I think I, I might have actually uh, uh, picked the non-choice uh, and just did nothing and let uh, it fall as it will. But, right. like, this became a topic that kept on coming up, like, where, for a while at least, where, like, you know, what is the right thing to do? Because... We want to reward, you know, play. We want to play. We reward good play, right? Uh, but we also don't want to take away our agency. And, right. and and this, you know, this happened again with you know uh, Hoyt, like you know, like under a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like we had this discussion. Like we we're playing, I think, Great Western Trail or something. Or, yeah, I think you're right. And and something where the game was over, and then Ben was saying like this is kind of bad sportsmanship, you know, effectively. And I go, well, no. Like what I'm doing is I'm. What, actually, what, do you remember at all what happened? I. Don't it had something to do with uh, me uh, uh, choosing to uh, preserve table image, mm-hmm. and so I attacked him in, in a way that uh, was not 
to his liking, as you would suspect. Right. So it, it, it hurt him, and it didn't really affect you. Exactly. And then, you know, he would he was like, we were talking, it was civil, like, uh, for all of it. Like, you know. Yeah, it was a rational conversation yeah. about, about it. But, without, he, but he, he really had, he had definitely had a perspective. And my perspective was one of like, well, no, like, you know, we should all be playing like I am, and people are going to behave better that way. Right. And so, you know, there's, you know, I found this a very interesting discussion because yeah. there's, there's, there's no right or wrong answers here. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it's, it's a real muddy water. Let, let's talk about the social contract here. What is the social contract that we all come to when we sit down to play a board game? Yeah. Like I, I think for, for, at least for me, uh, the, the social contract is we are here to play a game. We're, we're here to, and we're going to sort of race to see, uh, like, you know, who does best and we're going to all be friends and blah, blah, blah. That, we're that, going to play our best exactly. and we're going to play to win. Uh, but for me, and this is, this is where other people may differ, this, the, the true contract is like, we are here to have fun. Right. So we're going to facilitate our fun together. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that is murky because, you know, what one person's fun, my fun is actually very different than yours. Like, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm all about watching people like squirm and you are all about not doing that. <laughs> right. But at the same time, if you have a game night over and you invite a couple to your game night mm-hmm. and the couple start playing and one member of the couple says, I'm, I'm just going to help you win because I love you. That's, that breaks the social contract. Absolutely. That is not fair. That, 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 that breaks the game for everybody. Exactly. And, right? you know, and, you know, like, you know, king making or assisting like you know without, you know it has various negative things like you know like the simplest one is player resent right like you know other players are going to feel like hey you are doing this that is not cool this I'm, i can't believe there would be a game group that has never experienced this like you know this is something that people, I, this comes this is if you've played monopoly you've experienced king making mm-hmm. uh, yeah absolutely and you know and then of course there's the eroding as we're talking about now eroding the integrity of the game mm-hmm. like you know you, you we all are spending our spare time to, and some of us not spare time, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're spending our time to, to do this together. Like we want to, you know, have the purest experience of, you know, to maximize that experience together. Yeah. And, you know, in the long term, like what it really does is sour is like a game group dynamic. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the real, like it, it will, this could destroy a game group. Like, you know. King making could. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the real dilemma though, right? So, okay. The simple answer is, Always take moves that help you the most, right? Okay, that's a simple answer. Sure. If you just want the boilerplate answer here, here's what, here's how you solve king making. Every player always takes moves that benefit them. That's the, the most. cleanest answer. That's the cleanest, but there are. It is not actually clean yeah. because what if you're out of the game, and what if your best move arbitrarily uh, makes someone else win? Yep. That's. Not that's not clean. There's there's this aspect. It reminds me of like their uh, you know like free will in a way. Yeah. Like, you know, is there free will or is there not free will? And uh, there's this aspect where you go, okay, well, if will is just uh, these firing of neur- you know neurons, like then you know causality. Right. You know, but like, well, it, it's not. The world is not completely causal. Like maybe it's, it's sort of random. He goes, well, well, then now these random things happen, and now mm-hmm. that, that's not free will either. Right. And so in this particular case, there's definitely not free will, right? There's, 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 I think it's proven. You, there is. I don't think. Well, in this simulation, I, right. I didn't program it. In to, this simulation, we're in. It, I, unfortunately, I have, hate to break it to you. You do not have free will. Oh well, there we go. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Every word you're about to say, you have no choice in the matter. It's already been predetermined. 
Uh, but, but you know, in the end, like if you if you go with that aesthetic of like going, okay, I'm just going to maximize my move. You've already decided. You know, it's you're you're still deciding. You're just yeah. you're just almost giving it to this random generator. Right. Of like, you're oh, playing lawful good, but sometimes lawful good makes wrong choices. Is is does not play correctly, right? right. Lawful neutral is often the real lawful good because they actually have choice. They're making, they're in the moment. Right. You know, like, and, and this is one of the, you know, like there are pros to king making. For example, like, you know, hey, you know, it's my move. Let me do my move. Like, you know, it's right. my game. You know, yeah, I'm allowed sure. to, and it maximizes a person's fun. It, it could at least, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're here to have that fun and we're here to express our agency and to remove someone's agency uh, just because like, you know, it, makes another person feel bad it's you know it's 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 as you said sticky so is the best thing to do if you are always if if you're playing just to win right mm -hmm. but you cannot win and now your move that would be best for you just chaotically hurts someone else and helps another person and they're the people who are and you've now decided the game Mm -hmm. is the best thing to do to just do, to figure out what to do that affects no one. And then what are we playing games for? <laughs> like, well, that's what I had with Zimbabwe. Like, yeah. you know, I had this, I had this revelation where I was going like, I can do nothing. And then now I'm, my hands are clean. Yeah. But you know, but at the same time, like if you were sitting next to a genius, mm-hmm. the smartest person in the world, that person could inevitably watch everyone's first move and turn to you and go, you've lost. And every action you take will only help someone else win. But but, but I choose not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I mean, like how far back do we go? You know, that is exactly the the problem. Like, you know, Trey has a a great phrasage for this. He says, you know, you can always defend maximizing your score. Sure. Of course. It It, does not break any social contracts. It is the socially safe thing to do. But I really like his phrasing because it doesn't, he's not saying he's right. Right. <laughs> he's saying he can defend. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, like, like for me, it I'm, would hold up in a court of law. <laughs> I was just doing what's best for me. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, you're right. And so, yeah, for me, you know, I'm a person who I'm probably the person most likely to King make, you know, because I'm always playing. In Cause that you're game. never in, in a position to win. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I've been playing pretty poorly for the last couple of months, uh, by the way. No, don't I, I, don't I, make I, it real. Uh, but yeah, but you know, I'm the person who's really considering the meta in most places. Like, for example, right. like if someone is, is taking advantage of like a newbie, mm. you know, like, like, oh, you should move here, blah, blah, blah. And, and oh, it gives me all these resources. Like, you know, if I'm in a position at the end where I'm not going to win and I'm going to pick, some, I'm probably going to pick someone else. You know, if someone has really played against my table image, I'm I'm gonna wind up like you know, okay, well, I'm gonna do this even though like you know, you know, you, you could have won, but you played hard against me like in the middle of the game, so I need to make it sure that yeah. in the next game, you know. Well, uh, that's the thing. Yeah. So if 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 you know you're gonna be playing with the same people every week, it's not king making. Then becomes a much larger thing, right? Absolutely. So is then like. Okay, I'm going to choose Trey this time, right? If my three options are do nothing, help Trey win or help Tom win, I've decided this game I'm going to help Trey win, right? If we all decided to never play again, sure. that's not fair. But what if Paul evenly disperses the king making? 
over a year, over 10 years? Well, or like, what if he's well, tracking <laughs> it perfectly in his brain? Might have a little is, journal. Is he then actually doing the correct, the, the most lawful good thing he could do? Sure. Well, like my, my goal is to preserve the group. That's, that's the most important right. thing to me, as long as the group. As is. it should be for everyone. The most important thing is the integrity of the group and everyone's mm-hmm. overall level of enjoyment. So is Paul perfectly dispersing the misery and joy <laughs> in order to keep an equilibrium there you within go. the group that in the long term creates the most sustainability. Well, the, you know, I, I'm very green about this. <laughs> I mean, like for, I, I know for a fact that I will, I will king make when there's a beginner. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will all, I'll go like, oh, I have a choice here. You know, this person has just started. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I rather encourage this person than to, uh, to make this punitive. Right. You know, and you know, that's, is that bad sportsmanship? It doesn't, I, I can frame it so it doesn't sound like it, but right. it goes against, you know, the, the contract. You are Varus. I am Varus. You are Varus. That, that, Varus. That, that is absolutely true. Varus king makes. All the but time. But only for what's best for the realm. And if the realm is the game night... Tom, I mean, Paul is Varys. <laughs> you will kingmake. You will. You have an opinion on who is the best to win each game if you have the choice to make. But you're only doing so for what will keep the game night around the longest. I mean that that is absolutely true. Like I, I don't. But is that you, you know, are not Littlefinger. Uh, Littlefinger who game who who <laughs> is going to kingmake only for his advantage for the overall larger meta of him winning more often. Mm-hmm. It, it to scare people. So, like, I'm choosing you because next game, you better make sure you're so far ahead of me <laughs> that I can't king make ever again. Okay. Or else, I'm, and now I'm in your head, and now you're going to play poorly against me. Wow. Is, is this, you know, is there anyone in our group that's doing that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. Um, I, I mean, maybe I think those are pretty good, too good Game of Thrones examples no. of kingmaking, right? Or, or, or is there the, another form of kingmaking in Game of Thrones? Uh, well, let's, let's see. Well, okay. Then there's you have you have you have Jon Snow, who's always lawful good, right? Who's who's kingmaking, and he's just playing his best game. Exactly. Right. The, the, and and but sometimes he'll let the bad guys win, or or let like you know the uh, the city burn because of a dragon lady. That's right. And sometimes he'll choose incorrectly mm-hmm. by choosing good, quote unquote. It's, it's really you know oh, game, game of thrones is really killing it with the king making <laughs> there's you, a lot of king making going well, you, on in game you, of thrones. you either win or you die or that's something that's true yeah so those are the three i think those are your three archetypes yeah are you varus who only cares about the game group are you Littlefinger, who really is king making to, to, to strike fear in the hearts of others in order to win future games uh or are you john snow who's just going to play his best game and and, like, and 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 in the, and and might actually burn the realm down in the process. <laughs> it might destroy the game group. I mean, accidentally. You don't know. It could go either way. But he'll always be able to defend himself. Defend himself <laughs> and say he was doing what was best Morally. in the moment. Yeah, and, and that's my, my hard thing. The, the hard thing that I I deal with is like, you know, I'm I'm a person who's willing to put my finger on the scale. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think if you choose to like remove yourself from that agency, like you're not. You're not really engaging. I mean, like, right. you, and, and, that's, and that's a bad thing, I think. For, for No choice is a choice. Exactly. And I, I go, like, that's, you know, if, like, pony up, you know. You know you, yeah, have skin in the game. That's exactly it. Have skin in the game. Like, you know, and, and the, the game, you're playing the board game now. You're playing the social game as well. And for you to say, oh, I'm not playing that game is to deny uh, a truth. Right. right. 
All right, uh, you're in a group of people you never played with before. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're all gamers. Okay, they're yep. all good gamers. Sure. No beginners. Yep. Five play. You never played with them before. You're never going to play with them again. Mm-hmm. You are in the king making position. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I can't make. You king make. How do you? But who? You just personality. Who you like more? You give the win to the person you've enjoyed their presence with more. I will. I, I would give the person. You'll I, never I, see these people again. One I, game. It's I, at a convention. I would reward the person who played best. Okay. So you're John Snowing it. Well, John Snow it in that situation. If I if I know nothing, you right. know, like I I would I think that's integrity of the game, right? That that that, mm-hmm. that comes to what that is. I've I've lost. Here's a, a situation where someone else is going to win. You know, I take it back. There is a, a possibility that someone super snivels. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, I was going to get to that next. But that was my <laughs> next example. Okay, we're playing all five of us. Yep. Okay, five people in our in our game group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the it's your five favorite people in the game group. Yep. You know who I'm talking yep. about. Yeah, okay, I don't know who I'm talking about, but you do. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there. Okay, in my head, I'm there. In your head, I might not be. Your five favorite people mm-hmm. in our group. You're all playing a game together. Someone's had a really bad day. Really bad day. Really bad day. Yeah. Do you king make for them? It Only dep- in the end, not throughout the whole game. Oh, I'm okay, talking. Sure. They're they're tied for the lead with someone else, and your action could decide who wins. It depends on who it is. And here, 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 here's, here's, the, here's the case. Okay, you ready? Yep. If it's Tom, Ooh, who's had a oh, really who had a really bad day, yeah. I would king make for him. Oh, okay. That's sweet. You know, He's okay. your brother-in-law. Well, the, the, it, And you love him. Yeah, but, but, you know, but only because, because here's the meta. Yeah. Because, you know, he'll feel bad about it. Oh, <laughs> that's he goes, the oh, true He goes like, oh, he, he, he let took, me win. He took, mer- I, look, I was so weak that he took mercy on me. Yeah, that's another thing too. Yeah, he, he licked my shoe. <laughs> like, yeah, that's another thing. Like, does it feel good to, like, are you actually denying the victory from somebody by handing it to them? You know, like, mm. I could see a case to be made where somebody king makes for me and I'm like, please don't. I'm, oh. I'm asking you to step back because I can win on my own. And, I, and you know what? Me and the person that are fighting for first right now, we have a rivalry. Yeah. You know, and it's a fun one. That's right. And I want to win on my own terms. I don't want that person going, well, you only won because somebody else gave you the victory, right? Oh, see, Do like, you back down in that case? Like, I think there's a case to be made. If I went, Paul, I want to win on my own terms and know I won, I think I have a chance. I think it's 51-49 right now and in favor of me. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to just not get involved. Let us fight this out. Like, if it were you, I would get not get involved. Okay. But you know, <laughs> but there are people in our group who I would go. You know what? I'm going to diminish this for you. Do you think it's morally okay to ask for that? I mean, if the because you're basically saying I'd like you to stop playing the game so I can have fun. I, I think you should. You know, like is it morally? Yeah, I think you can ask for anything. Sure, sure. You know, but but I think like in this particular case, uh, it's it's in the gray. It's, yeah. it's a little. You know, like what you're saying is like. You lost. Yeah. You're not in this. Which so, is rude on its own. <laughs> so, what if the person doesn't think they've lost? What if they're like, no, I haven't. You're like, no, 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 you know, have what, what they don't, they don't know, know they, they lost. lost. Right. And you go like, just, just step. And you're like, this is round two. You're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. See, that's the thing. How far back do we go? Exactly. You know? We could start at the beginning of the game. We sit down. You've lost this game. Why? Because I'm really good at it. That's right. I mean, like, imagine, imagine that in Age of Steam. Like, you mm-hmm. know, if we were to play like that you know someone yeah oh i'm doing well but yeah. everyone else at the table goes like oh you're so dead yeah. well in that you, case king making doesn't come into it because king making is always you have to know you can't win or else it's not real king making exactly. of course if you think you have a chance then you're not king making well, you're well, playing your best yeah, but this is to say like you know when to ask someone like you know yeah just, then just, just yeah, step down that then yes i think you have to wait till they have realized they have lost and, and here's the thing that is is because that's a form of sniveling too it is a form of sniveling like the 
I'm never comfortable asking that because uh, there are people in our game group. There was a guy who was in our uh, podcast. Uh, like he left. What was his name? Oh yeah, uh, he, he, musician. He, was he a musician? I can't even remember. I think I so. Remember. Albert. 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 Oh, oh Albert. yeah, yeah. Like you know, uh, we love you, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would play in such a way that like he he is like a cloak to me. Like I don't know what for everyone else, but like whenever I watch when I play with Alfred, yep. I cannot figure out what he's doing for whatever reason and then all of a sudden he comes in and I, I think he's losing and then all of a sudden he wins and i right. go like i don't know how it would be bad of me to go alfred you've lost sure. can you just bow out right now no uh, totally it, bad it, so because you might be wrong too exactly exactly like you know i'm uh, it, it's it's you know it's tough anything else to say on king making paul yeah i mean i think ultimately what you really want to do just like tips for this because as a person who does it probably the most in our group uh like, you really need to know your group. It's like a, a stand-up comic. Like, you know, if you know your crowd, you can get away with a lot of, of stuff that might not fly in, you know, another comic might not be able to. And so know what your, 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 what you call it, your group can bear, you know. And if you're not, uh, if you're not that savvy and, you're, uh, and you don't want to burn the world, like, you maybe the uh, maximize your score is the best route for you. Yeah. But other than that, like, you know, this is... Remember that you're playing a social game as well. Totally. So that, that's that, that's that's the thing. Like, I would not go and say never can make, can make. Just consider when you do. I think that's a great I, I, look. Between this and the sniveler, I think we've brought up two really interesting parts mm-hmm. of every game group. Yep. Like, you're going to have that these don't things. get discussed enough. That I think are are worth. They don't have right right answers or wrong answers, yeah. but are are you're going to have to deal with them, and they're that's worth right. debating and discussing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're. Uh, I would. I'm glad that we coined sniveler. Kingmaker is you know is, no, is that's out there, but snivelers are sniv- sniv- yeah, and, and it's real. It, it's a it's a. If you didn't listen to our episode on sniveling, it was two episodes back with Alfred on uh, the Black Angel episode, and uh, we had a great debate among sniveling and what it is. So check that out if you didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, I think let's, let's, let's wrap this up today. I think like, uh, I think that was a great episode. I like keeping them brisk. They've been going a little longer than I like lately. We're at one, we're at 90 minutes right now. I think it's a great place. This is a very fun episode. Love it. We reviewed three great games, uh, two great games and one game that's worth discussing. We'll call it the filler episode. Yeah. The filler episode. (laughs) Uh, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, Matt. Love being here. Um, I'll see you next round. <laughs> oh, I'll see <laughs> you on you Tuesday. You won't see on, me. On board game. Um, thanks so much, guys. This has been Game Brain, a board game podcast edited by Matthew Robinson and produced by him as well. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. You might know him as Albert. <laughs> it's Alfred. Uh, more on uh, Alfred at gamebrainpod.com you can reach me an email at matthew at gamebrainpod.com or on twitter at gamebrain underscore pod instagram is at gamebrainpod thanks for listening and go play some games with friends or go make some friends with games <laughs>